Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Beyond Deadlines podcast, where we tackle challenges that schedule leaders come across on a day-to-day basis. My name is Micah Pipo, and I am a scheduling manager for Intel. Each podcast is designed to give you strategies and tactics that you can implement right away. Today's challenge, we have a unique one. As Greg had to catch a last-minute flight, I'm going to turn to the second-best interviewer in the world, ChatGPT. Let's jump into it right away. Imagine you have just joined our team as a scheduler for a multi-billion dollar capital program. One of your primary responsibilities will be to help the project team members understand the value and usefulness of schedules. How would you go about building a schedule culture with the project team? Starting off with a hardball. I love it. This is an extremely challenging subject that nearly every scheduler runs into at some point in their career where you have a group or a team that doesn't really gel with scheduling. It doesn't vibe with them and they don't see the usefulness of it. I think the key thing for me to start out with is I would start out by creating an assessment. I would look at where are we at on the cultural scale of scheduling across the program. So if this is a 500 million to billion dollar program, potentially, you're going to have an owner's program and that's going to have its own scheduling, you know, culture. You're going to have a couple GCs and they're going to have each own, you know, culture. And then you're going to have subcontractors. So I would start with an assessment to overview, hey, where are we at culturally on this program? That's a great approach to start with. Conducting an assessment to understand the current scheduling culture across various stakeholders. Now, once you've completed this assessment, what specific criteria or metrics would you use to evaluate the cultural aspects of scheduling within these different groups, such as owners, general contractors, and subcontractors? And how would you ensure that this assessment provides actionable insights for building a cohesive scheduling culture across the program? I don't I don't think I'd ever have ChatGPT and review me. This is this is this is this is tricky. I like Greg better. He's nicer. I think a couple of different metrics I would look at is qualitative and quantitative. So on the quantitative side, you're just pulling some general schedule information. Uh, you know, do our schedules submitted on time? Are they up to the standards that the owners are setting? How is some basic schedule performance going? Are they meeting and regularly updating the schedule and going for site walks? You can find some pretty general lists of quantitative stuff that you can measure just to assess if scheduling is actually being used and implemented, because that will tell you a lot about the culture. Then on the qualitative side, I would look at how people feel about scheduling and if they feel that it's bringing impact. And you can ask questions about, do you find schedule useful? And maybe make them specific. So maybe, do you find the biweekly schedule update useful? Or how do you, how do you use the specific Power BI report? And get an understanding of how people are feeling about scheduling. That way you can take both data sets and start using those to gain insights for them. And you'll be able to, in a couple quarters, come back and run the exact same survey and then be able to see, are we making growth once you create some of those action plans and implementation plans? That's a thoughtful approach, combining both quantitative and qualitative metrics to assess the scheduling culture. 
it allows for a comprehensive evaluation. Now, let's dive a bit deeper into the qualitative aspect. When you identify that some team members may have negative perceptions about scheduling or find it less useful, how would you address their concerns and work on changing their mindset? Can you provide an example from your past experience where you successfully shifted the perception of scheduling among a skeptical group? It's important to identify those negative team members. And then the biggest chance you have at converting negative team members or doubtful team members is to connect with them. I think that's what a lot of people miss is not connecting with people. On these big projects, there's tons of people, you have tons of interactions, and you, if you don't get to know the people, you're not going to build up a level of trust to then go able to break down that perception. There's no report, there's no uh, dashboard, there's no metric, there's no process, there's no iPad that is going to convince someone who has a negative perception of whatever you're doing in scheduling if you don't actually connect with them. You get to know them. A lot of times on the owner GC side, there's a negative perception that the owner is there to beat the GC over the head with scheduling. And so one of my last projects that I worked on, there was a key superintendent that thought that was the case. He thought that because I was setting up some of these schedule metrics and, and, and looking at tracking schedule in a certain way, that my only use was to do it to beat him over the head. And what he didn't realize is that it was not the case. What I was really looking for is his scope of work was doing really, really well. And I was actually wanted to use the metrics to celebrate what he was doing. So I grabbed him a couple times. We went on some site walks. We had some casual conversations. We talked about things that didn't really work. I was able to get to know him and we became work friends. And then I was able to say, hey, listen, you're missing on this scheduling. I don't think you're fully understanding what I'm trying to do here because you're doing super great, but no one knows about it. So let me help you. Let me help promote you. Let me help celebrate you by using some of these schedule metrics and processes, and it will make you and your team look good. And that eventually ended up winning him over. And we were able to showcase his team's work and his work, and then other people fell in line. So I think the key thing when you're starting to address those negative team members, first and foremost, you got to get to know them personally. Second, you got to be able to provide them some sort of impact that's going to help them. And third, you got to be able to promote the work they're doing. If you're able to then highlight that impact and show how great of a job they're doing, they're going to be more advantageous to then share, Micah came in and helped me. Or they're going to be able to see that, and other people will see that individual who was helped and be like, wow, that's great. How do I get on that train? That's a great example of how personal connections and showcasing the positive impact of scheduling can change perceptions. Building those work relationships is crucial. Now, let's explore the idea of celebrating success further. Could you describe some specific ways in which you have celebrated or recognized the achievements of team members who have embraced scheduling and contributed positively to the project's success? Additionally, how do you ensure that this recognition is not just a one-time event, but an ongoing part of your schedule culture-building efforts? I think in scheduling, since projects are often delayed, people forget to celebrate other people. People forget to give people kudos and good jobs, and you get lost in this nasty sauce of the project's delayed, 
and everything is terrible and everyone's frustrated at each other, but that's not the way to go about it. Some of the best ways to celebrate people is sending notes to their managers and saying, listen, Mike is doing a great job at scheduling. He always gets the schedule reports out on time. He's constantly out in the field looking for better solutions and he's doing great. Just giving that kudos to the boss, it's a quick email, it takes five minutes, is great to do. Some of the other things that I've seen that are helpful is, you know, low cost, low dollar, you know, celebrations. So, hey, here is, we're going to go, you know, go out to have a meal or we're going to buy some t-shirts or some swag or something to, to lighten up the mood, to provide some brevity to help out. And I think those low dollar, low cost items are great ways just to show people you care. You know, I was working on a project one time and I remember if I told the team, if you could hit 80% activities achieved on time for a four week span, I would buy donuts. Donuts, I mean, that's like a $12, $15 purchase. And the team worked hard and we kidded around about it and it was always like, better hit those donuts. And, And so it's those small things that I think help out. And then how you build that into a routine or to be helpful, I think you could build in, you know, scheduler of the quarter, scheduler of the month. You could celebrate team members, superintendents, engineers, whoever, who have helped the scheduling program. Uh, And, you know, you could make it corny and and make it funny where you put a picture of them and it's like employee of the month in the scheduling program. They've provided updates, you know, solutions to make better plans or anything of the sort. Something like that in, it could be a super fun way to get people more engaged and lighthearted about the culture. The other one that I really like is monthly lunch and learns where you bring in not just schedulers, but everyone on the program in case something cool is going on in scheduling, something that's helpful for them. You give them a free meal. You let them do a Q&A event. Hey, what's going wrong with scheduling? What can we approve? What can we help out? Those monthly lunch and learns, as long as you provide food, because people will come anywhere for food super helpful to bringing in people and engaging them in the schedule culture. How do you set up and initiate scheduling practices in a fast-growing company where scheduling hasn't been implemented yet? That is a lot to unpack, and I could probably spend multiple episodes walking through this. But the real question is, When this goes to get set up, the biggest thing you need to consider is what sort of scheduling system does the company need now? And then what sort of scheduling system does the company need in the future? Because those are going to be two very different answers. One of the biggest things I've seen when people are setting up scheduling programs that cause lots of issues and things get off rail and off track is they go to build the scheduling solution of the future today. For a little bit on planning and scheduling, you have to be able to drip feed that into a company. You can't just go full bore, P6 schedules, resource loading, you know, advanced ML, all the Power BI reports, critical path, resource, lean, production planning. People will get overloaded and it won't make sense. And your ramp to bring people in and do that, nearly impossible. What I would look at is basically a three-pronged system if I'm on the owner side. I would start with pre-construction and then I would move to execution and then I would move to what I will call R&D design scheduling 
whatever you're building, usually there is, I'm just assuming this is a program where you're building multiple things over and over and over again. Whatever you're building is being R&D and designed, you know, for data centers, for example, there's teams that are working on this is the future data center design. And that would be that third team. I would start with the pre-construction team because this is, again, drip feeding it into the system. This is one of the easiest out of those three to get started and launched. You go set up some high-level schedules. You get people, program project managers to stop planning and spreadsheets. I remember when I first came to Google, all of our data centers were just project managers would just have a spreadsheet, a couple bars, and they'd plan it out that way. You get you slowly start to get those project managers out of spreadsheets into schedules. And then you can show that global forecast. So I've mentioned it before already, but one of the biggest things you're tasked to do to change that culture is to provide impact. Having a global forecast with all the projects that you can run some data analysis on and show everything, super important. I would then go implement that execution piece. It's a very heavy lift because you're going to be writing your schedule specifications, your contracts, all of that good stuff. You're going to be doing RFPs with GCs, and then you're going to be building, bringing GCs on board and then monitoring their execution. That is challenging to do, but it also has a lot of value and impact in there as well. And then lastly, I would implement that R&D scheduling program where you're starting to look at what's coming down the pipe, how that would change. First off, your pre-construction program, because if you change your overall data center design, that could change timelines and lead times and things like that. If you're doing a cut-in, it's going to change your execution. So that's why I'm thinking about it in those three orders, because if you implement your R&D design solution first, it's not going to be as useful and helpful because you're not going to have that pre-construction and execution program. What you're really looking to do within those is to build up the operation capability. So that's another thing. Once you kind of have your tactics and strategies down about, hey, this is how I'm going to go you know, create this program, then you're looking to then just elevate operation and capability. So starting out with basic processes like what is the progressing what is the reporting cycles, things like that. How fast would you grow a scheduling team and an organization to ensure it's sustainable, prepared for growth and adding value? You know, that's another great question. I mean, I think that when you're looking at how fast to grow a company or a group, it really becomes down to the organizational size. But I would add some math in there. So if you're a GC, you're looking at a 30,000 activity schedules that you're building and you only have one scheduler, that's a problem. I would just look at using some back of the mapkin math, look at other adjacent programs. Scheduling is usually one of the last programs ever set up. So you're also going to have an estimating team, a safety team, a design team. What are they staffing up to their levels too? Because it's not just only what ideally you'd want, you're also going to have to get this approved because these are people in budget and money. So I'd look around and see, hey, does the estimating team have 10 people, 12 people, 13 people? Well, that's something you may be able to build to and target to. Is there a way to educate and train PMs about how scheduling can help them manage projects more effectively? Getting PMs on your side is one of the best things you can do in a program. The way you do that, to me, is you make scheduling fun. You provide them impact and you make it fun. You really need to listen to them and understand what are their biggest challenges, needs, and then go address them. 
if you need to, if you talk to a PM and say, listen, the GC is always turning in their schedules late and I just can't figure it out what's going on, go fix it. Or if they say something to the effect of, oh, the GCs, they, their schedules trash and it's never updated and it's wrong and, and, and I can't use it, blah, blah, blah. Well, then that's a problem for you to go solve. Dive in a little bit more into the weeds, figure out exactly what they mean by it's messed up, it's wrong, and help them go fix it. I think by providing them that value and educating them in a fun way, I think you can win people on your side. Programs. All right, folks, that's all we have for today. Remember, we're going to cut it short because we value your time and we want you to go out there and improve the world of scheduling. If you have any suggestions whatsoever on questions, or topics that we can cover, please submit them. We've had numerous audience members reach out to us, and we love hearing your feedback. Have a great week.